we're just um I think we're trying to document our existence basically you know uh, if I listen back to the albums now I can remember exactly how I felt when we wrote them and so they almost become like pictures and so I think the inspiration is just our immediate environment and what that brings today I'm talking to Hunter Kennedy member of the band The Evils Fantastis in South Africa It's lovely to meet you here on Zoom Hunter Yes so sorry about the Uh, messing around glad no, we finally no. got a chance to do it no that's fine and uh, it looks so cloudy there uh, where are you in Johannesburg or Cape Town uh, I'm in Cape Town yeah it's seriously okay. autumn oh okay <laughs> and cold uh, I see you with your jacket yes yeah we're not used to it so I mean it's probably like 13 it's not much colder but uh, to us that's pretty cold Yeah, yeah, I know that's true. But Hunter, and first of all, I want to ask you, you you have a, a stage name, Hunter Van Kook, is it? Oh, yes, it's actually, it's just for my uh, social media tags, because Hunter Kennedy's always taken. And so, so I, uh, in, in the first band I played in, Folk of Belizegar, our lead singer, Franja, changed his surname because his dad... Uh, is a Dutch reformed minister and he asked him to change the surname so there wouldn't be a clear link between the two. And so I just kind of adopted that name as well. Our bassist, uh, Vainant, uh, is also Falky van Kook, so it's kind of a bit of a, a road family, I guess. Oh, oh, I see. But that's so, that's great. I mean, that's so unique, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But now you, you talk about you were a part of a, a band, Poco um, Policicar, um, and uh, but now you are with um, Hevels Fantastis. It's the group. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm still a part of Poco Policicar. They're actually we're, they're just running concurrently. I basically just play in two bands. Oh, I see. Okay, so you you're in demand. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I think it's. It, We didn't really think about it when we just went for it, you know what I mean? And now okay. we've kind of figured out a way to um, to run the diary. Uh, mm. There's people that can replace me if we're double double booked and stuff. Okay. But now, how are these two bands? Um, how do they differ, or and how much are they uh, the same? Mm. Uh, interesting question i guess uh, to me it's pretty obvious how they differ look they're both afrikaans bands and i guess in the in a broader sense they can both be classified as rock but uh Felicicar, uh, maybe you can tell from the name it's not necessarily for the whole family you know what i mean it's like angsty mm -hmm. angsty kind of punk rock uh stuff maybe a bit harder uh with a little bit leaning towards sort of uh, political commentary, socio-political commentary, maybe more, something okay. like that. And uh, the Evils Fantastis, we put we put that band together to sort of be a band that the whole family can listen to in the car, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, both both bands, I think, falls to sort of the alternative side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we'll, with the Evils, we'll incorporate a lot more electronic uh, elements and sort of more production I don't know what to call that. More production tricks, maybe. Uh, and yeah, sort of pop, um, kind of running with the times kind of thing. If that makes any sense to you. Yeah. 
but uh, uh, so but the name Jevels Fantastis. Uh, where did you come up with that name? We were struggling to find a name actually, and on that specific day, we had drank about two jugs of margaritas, <laughs> and, <laughs> and someone just um, someone. You know, where we live there in Babel, just outside, there's uh, a wine region called Durbanville Hills. And mm -hmm. um, uh, somewhere, we can't remember who, but someone in the party said, um, why don't we just call ourselves the Yivels? And then someone else said, fantastic, like, that's a fantastic idea. But then that phrase sort of stuck. Oh, I see. Yeah. But that's <laughs> great. I mean, that that's also very unique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just go with the flow, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. I've I've also spoken to a few um, people in in rock bands, and this is also so interesting how they came up with the ideas. And it's also always these random ideas, you know, that they yes. they struggle so so long to get the name, and then suddenly just somebody says something, and and the name is there. Yeah, it, I guess the it's we forget that the like. It's not the name that makes the band great or whatever. You know what I mean? So yeah. kind of the other way around. But yeah. yeah, you do get stuck in like tunnel vision when you're trying to find a name. So yeah. yeah. But um, now in South Africa, I mean, things changed a lot. And I think there was, I saw a documentary um, where uh, it was, you know, they talked about how things changed in the 80s already. Uh, you know, the, the the style of music changed in Afrikaans because Afrikaans used to be sort of more towards it's nature and the birds and the bees and that that sort of naive type oh, right. of music, yeah. And then it started changing where you really got these singer-songwriters uh, coming up and, and writing really about, uh, like you say, political things, also feelings, you know, also that type of thing. Who who is the inspiration for your band? Who is the inspiration for the for the songs you are singing? Um, yeah, I think what you uh, what uh, when you say that, I immediately think of the the full fray movement, which kind of roughly translates to uh, free as a bird. And uh, the uh, yeah, I was a little I was born in eighty two, but sort of only started maybe noticing political things at about 12, you know? And so uh, that was a little after the full Fred movement happened and they were sort of a, a political folk, uh, like 50s rock and roll boogie. It was kind of around there, you know? Um, South Africa is always a bit behind, I think. So it's interesting to me, like that in the eighties, the the um, uh, what it's not dissent, but like you know, the anti, the protest music was. It kind of sounded like fifties rock and roll, which I just oh, find yeah. extremely interesting. And uh, the, and that was a guy called Kuskom uh Johannes Karkorol, and uh, his album was called Yet Kriev, uh, mm. which which translates to eat crayfish, but it was sort of a jibe at the rich uh, white people of South Africa, you know, the privileged uh, white people. That that album really influenced me and my political thought and sort of changed the way that I thought of Afrikaans as a uh, a way to express myself. There was also a guy called Kus Kumbais, who was kind of like a Bob Dylan figure, uh, folky, you know, just him and his guitar, sort of the older Bob Dylan, but he was a bit more 
scathing and almost humorous, uh, which was a big influence on us. He he was the first one I heard swear like in a song in Afrikaans, and that obviously influenced us with the name Vokopolisika. Um, yeah. yeah, and then uh, for for the Yevils, I think it'll be it's they called it Larikan Masik Masikan Larik, I think. And uh, there was a guy sort of at the end of that movement, uh, Lucas Maria, that uh, from that era that I think influenced us. Into the 90s, there wasn't a lot of Afrikaans music happening or not a lot of um, new things were happening. The blues kind of creeped in, like dire straight sea sort of sounds. And uh, I think we were more into a band of Afrikaans speaking people, but they made alternative music. They're, they're called the Springbok New Girls. And it's... It's a weird mix of stuff. It's it's like um, it's almost like Nirvana, but they've got these weird jazz breakdowns and oh, okay. and stuff. And they were sort of the first people from our generation to do something really alternative. And that was just post ninety four. I, I would say about ninety five, ninety six. You know, after we became a, a, a democratic uh, country, basically, or the ninety four elections was a big watershed moment for our country. And Springboard Noodles was the first band to sort of push those limits further uh by that time a lot of the not sanctions what do you call it the, a lot of the censorship had dropped so oh, they were okay. sort of the first band to embody the hedonistic rock and roll lifestyle yeah uh after that there was a band called boo uh, uh a great actor and artist chris chameleon led them and he would make his own dresses and sing like in an alien language and make all these weird sounds yeah, it was just so alternative. We just loved the way that they put on a, a show. It felt like you were actually watching a production rather than just someone playing. Not that that really influenced us, but it they sort of helped us to think about the show as a, a unit, I think. I, I could carry on, but I no, think but that those are fine. Yeah, so it's interesting. You, you, it's a, a sort of eclectic. You, you, you found all these bits and pieces uh, from from these uh, artists that you that you then incorporate in your in your way of doing it. Yes, I mean that it's obviously not the only. We were in our bands. We were quite heavily influenced by Western pop, or uh, on the other hand, punk music. So it's kind of a combination of alternative Afrikaans and mm. international pop. I would say. Yeah. Now. Um, uh, yeah. And and the audiences? Do you see uh, uh, the audience? Are is it mostly Afrikaans speaking, or do you get uh, all? Because South Africa has got a lot of uh, languages. There's a lot of cultures yes. in South Africa. So who who are your audiences? Yeah, I think because we're uh, Afrikaans, it, it is limited. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's yeah, it, most most of our fans would be Afrikaans speaking. Uh, but it does cross it does cross over a little bit but yeah i mean it's mostly Afrikaans people yes oh, okay <laughs> yeah so i mean there 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 were there was a dream of maybe being able to be like rammstein that could or sieger ross for instance uh rammstein is a german uh industrial metal band and uh sieger ross it's like an alternative band from iceland and they don't even apparently their first albums wasn't even sung in a language that exists. But there were there was at a stage hopes that we would be able to 
crossover, even if we sing in a language no one understands. But I mean, it, it hasn't materialized yet. Oh, okay. Well, it's, you, you never say never. There's still time, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, who writes the songs in the band? Or is it collaborative? And, you all write together. Yeah, it's it's pretty collaborative. I mean, uh, someone usually by, you know, now uh, we've been making music for, I mean, 20 years or so. So um, in Folk of Policicar, Johnny Derrider, he plays lead guitar and he's also a producer. Uh, he, he'll, most of the time he'll make the song and then I'll write the lyrics and the melody over that. Uh, sometimes... Francois uh, writes the lyrics and a melody, and sometimes I bring music to the table, you know? So that's Hobo yeah. Felicicard. With Diabol's Fantastis, uh, myself and Pierre, I would say, are mostly the lyricists, and maybe the, yeah. And then Freddie is like the instrumentalist producer. And I mean, that's like a, a mixed bag. Everyone will add something, I think. Mm. And we sometimes work with other producers and stuff as well. Yeah, that's that. There's no set. There's oh, no okay. set formula. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and what what uh, what inspires you to write these specific songs? I mean, do you where do you get the inspiration from for the lyrics and the and the sort of uh, yeah the lyrics Themes, of the songs? Yeah. I um I, I've. It's always been hard to answer that question. I feel like I've recently kind of figured it out. <laughs> I think, okay, okay. I think we're just, um, I think we're trying to document our existence, basically. You know, uh, if I listen back to the albums now, I can remember exactly how I felt when we wrote them. And so they almost become like pictures. And so I think the inspiration is just our immediate environment and what that brings, you know, the whether it's, being newly married and how that changes life or how that change, changes your worldview. Uh, so I think it's a documentary process, basically, that inspires us, you know. Mm. And so that helps to be as like honest as you would be to your journal kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but yeah, it's yeah. something like that. But but that's, uh, that's relatable then, you know, for the audience. So it, it's things that people live and that they can relate to then? Uh, hopefully, yes. I mean, uh, and yeah, obviously it's not, obviously not, everyone's not always on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. Yeah. songs are relevant to some people later in their life or whatever. But yeah, I mean, uh, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is we, we're not necessarily trying to, uh, to package something for the mass market we yeah uh yeah we try to keep it real i guess i just think in the in the long run it will be more interesting 100 years from now maybe people would be able to extract some kind of uh, uh feeling from it you know of what people thought about life in the 2000s yeah well, yeah, it's like you say, keeping it real because I mean, it's sometimes and and it's also needed to to have lyrics that's just about love and about uh, whatever you know, the birds and the bees. But it's also yes. you know, but it's also um, great to have lyrics that really has a meaning and that can be relatable even later. You know, like you say, in years to come, that that people can listen to it and really relate to the lyrics. 
uh, like you do with, with great, uh, you know, with the great uh, songwriters that that you still, you know, from the from the seventies where you still listen to the music and it still has that that impact on you. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to do that. Hopefully, it works. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's something we aspire to, I guess. But you, I, I read somewhere that you also produce your own uh, music. You, you, uh, do you have your own recording studio, or how does it work? No, you I have don't. Your own label. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a producer myself. And Pierre, mm. we we have a label that's kind of dormant now. But uh, yeah, we um I, I, we released our own music, The Evils Fantastis, on a label called Supra Familias, and we did some of our friends' um, first records. There's uh, Afrikaans rapper called called Jack Para, and um, uh, Franchov, who plays with me in Folk of Police, got his solo album. We released those albums on our label. But yeah, I'm, I'm not a producer. I don't know. I can't work the computer. I don't know what any of those. Oh, is do. it? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're, we're we're like a group of friends and each one has his um, realm of expertise, you know? So I, mm-hmm. it, it makes for great teamwork sort of between all the bands and across the board. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a unique situation because most of us know each other from high school. So it's been long, long relationships. Amazing. So did you all study music or what was the background? No, no, no not at all. No. Okay. I consider myself to be a terrible instrumentalist and, to, you know, playing, just being able to play the most basic thing on the instrument sort of just afforded me to be a part of the band, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Just a songwriter, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, no one studied music in our in in our specific circle i mean it's more sort of the counterculture skateboarding punk rock garage band thing oh, than, okay. than studying music i mean some of the guys studied like a audio design course you know mm-hmm. um but sort of a diploma but no, nothing nothing fancy well i don't know it, it should probably be expected but the, the two producers we work with the most which is fred and artoch that place in Diemos and Johnny that are the place in Fogloff. Both of their moms were music teachers, so maybe they just oh, absorbed okay. the, maybe they just <laughs> absorbed all the knowledge. Okay. And and just and just exude it out to you towards you. Exactly. Yeah. We'll write oh. we'll write songs sort of very basically and then they'll make it pretty, you know, or change the chord okay. to make it a bit different or something like that. But now when you were young and, and you say you were in high school, did your parents ever say to you get go and do something um that uh, get a get a um, get a real security job <laughs> or get a real job <laughs> yes of course but um of course but I, I think my parents are open-minded i mean i went to i went to go study fine arts so i mean that's also sort of get a real job you know yeah. what i mean yeah. but, uh, but obviously those conversations came in later yeah i mean obviously the parents were it wasn't really it's not something that was realistic, I feel, like when we were younger to pursue a uh, a career in music. But I, I think we were just domastrant. Uh, yes, I have to think of that word in English now. We were just, we refused to 
um, <laughs> sorry, my English is failing. No, 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 no. Um, uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It is like a um, not ignorant, uh, but something you know. We very were just ignorant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Single-minded. We're gonna try our best to to do yeah. this. You know. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, that kind of makes me feel like I can. Because even now, it's not really. I mean, the younger parents, like if I look at kids that are sort of in their twenties, there's a lot. There's a lot more parents that are supportive of it, um, but it's it's still not something I think parents are necessarily ecstatic about when their yeah. children <laughs> tell them they want to make a career in music. You know, it's so interesting because the past few interviews that I've done have been with people that um, that have sort of broken the or, or, or stepped out of the box a little bit you know that sort of said hey I'm doing it my way or I'm not going to go the the normal route and and uh so it's it's so I I always think it's so brave when people just stick with it you know and say okay now this is what I'm going to do yeah I, I also admire that in other people I, I have to say I think it's easier when you're twin to do it yeah. than when you're 40 or something you know so yeah. i'm glad we did it way back then but sometimes <laughs> i still feel like maybe i should get a real job you know <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, well now what uh, what is the dream what is the dream for you and and for the band and um what do you see for the future or the big wish what is the wish mm. um yeah, I mean, I think we like Yevels, it's our 15th uh, year. And with Folk of Polisigar, it's our 20th year. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to sound lame, but I would like it to carry on. Um, and that might sound easy, but the, the it's sort of a bit of a mind, a struggle of the mind to stay relevant. So you know there's that kind of fear so my god like i think our goal is just to keep on doing what we're doing you know uh not and that's not easy is what i'm is what i'm saying yeah. um everyone's kind of diversified you know we're pretty aware of of because i think with our group as far as i know we're the first group that sort of went independent with it a lot of our heroes and previous uh, you know, people before us, they they were signed to major labels and stuff. And I think there's, I, I don't think that's great. But so we're we're kind of in in uncharted territory on how to financially plan our our lives around a, a music career, which um, could be a bit of a struggle in in South South Africa, probably anywhere. But I mean, that's something that's top of mind. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no big, there's no one specific thing that I can tell you is our goal. I think just surviving and sort of getting better at what we do is kind of our goal. And to keep doing what we're doing, because music, I guess, it's not like sport. Uh, you know, if if we look at Bob Dylan and like, is Neil, Neil Diamond, is he, he's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who am I thinking about? Did Leonard Cohen pass away? a year or so ago but i mean those guys were all in their 70s and they're still rocking mm. so i mean that's right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's like you're involving in your music or with your music so that um in time you know it's 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 that type of thing that you that you evolve and that you progress exactly in that. i can't 
it's going to be interesting because in Foco Felicica, it's quite energetic, energetic and like Venant and Francois jump around a lot. I would like to see that when they're 70. But oh, I mean, okay. the Stones are still <laughs> the Stones are still doing it, so it might be possible. And yeah, yeah I think I, I, I do. I, the music obviously changes as we get older. I, I don't mm -hmm. think we want to act like we're still young, if you yeah. know what I mean. So yeah, yeah we're, we're still just writing the music we like. Mm -hmm. Or would like to hear. Yeah. Well, it's it's great, and and I I wish you all the best for for your group, for you as well as a songwriter, and uh, may there be many more songs to come, and uh, may Yevel's fantastic tour to Europe. I think that would be a great idea. Yeah, we're we're actually playing the Netherlands in September. Oh, uh, really? We played there before. Yeah. The, I mean, with Afrikaans, there's a bit of a, yeah. a bridge to the Netherlands um, and I think a lot of South Africans are actually moving there now so Europe mm -hmm. might, might be seeing more of us that would be great well whenever you come to Vienna you'll have to let me know oh brilliant thanks <laughs> yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> okay but uh, thank you so much Hunter it was so lovely to talk to you have a lovely day and uh, keep warm in South Africa <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks <Rachel. laughs> Okay, bye. Bye.